Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Y'all are friendly today here across the campuses, 12 Stone Home. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Today is a day we're celebrating what God is doing among the church here and the church universal, but specifically here at 12 Stone, we have somewhere around 50 baptisms taking place today across the church. Can we celebrate that? Praise God. See, we care about that stuff because God's given us a calling as a church. And listen, our calling is this. We exist to help people. Take, take their next step spiritually. Here it is. We exist for people to know God, not just know him intellectually, right? Not just know him like a theology student, but to walk with him and actually know him in a heart level and to find freedom from your mess. And y'all got messes. I got messes. And God wants to give you freedom from it and then to discover your purpose, why you exist, why God put you here. And then lastly, to make a difference with your life, not just so you, you live you retire, you die, and you don't leave an impact. You don't do anything with it. God wants to do that. So when we see baptisms, it's, it's celebrating that people now know God, that Jesus forgave them. They can have a relationship with God. And so that is worth celebrating for us. And by the way, if you saw across the campuses somebody getting baptized or 12-stone home, you can always text baptism to 37748. We would love the opportunity to help you go public with your faith, what Jesus is doing in your life it's one of the best texts that we get. Now, today I want to get right into business because there's a conversation that God, I think, wants to have with us as a church, where if I'm just blunt, as I talk to people, the thing that I hear from them the most is, man, I want a faith that's not just Sunday morning worthy. I want a faith that works in every area of my life. Like, I'm tired of showing up to church and like, yes, God, this is awesome. Then I go into Monday and go, it doesn't impact how I do school or work or marriage or relationships because, listen, I believe God wants to shape the most practical arenas of our life. God doesn't want to be just set aside, compartmentalized over here on Sunday. He wants to help us with things like this. He wants to help you stay married. And that's hard sometimes. Don't elbow your spouse right now. It'll hurt their feelings. But he wants to help you stay married. He wants to help you stay intentional in parenting. Parents, who knows parenting can be hard. If your hand's not up, write a book, bro, because it's hard. He, he, he wants to help you not blow up your character. He wants to help you break free from addictions and, and stuff that you're still stuck in. He wants to help you. Maybe for you, you're like, just God, help me survive another week, right? Because life can be complicated. And Jesus says there's a faith that doesn't just sit on Sundays. There's a faith that bleeds into every area of your life. And Jesus would call that faith a childlike faith. And if you were here last week and you remember in Matthew 18, here's how Jesus says it there. He says, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's a beautiful thing. But let me, let me make sure you remember. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying you need the disposition of a child. The like, the humble, helpless, God, I can't do anything without you, childlike faith. But if you were here last weekend, you remember the fact that this child, maybe, 
There it is. This childlike faith. Here's the problem. When you grow up and your faith doesn't grow up with you, childlike faith becomes childish faith. And that's the problem. When life gets hard, if your faith is childish, it's going to be very complicated for you. Like when life is easy, you can stay childish. Like it just works. But you grow up enough and you go, okay, this is not going to hold me through the storms and the problems and the pain and the suffering of real adult life. In fact, in all the polls that we are, we're sort of basing this three-week series on, we're asking real people, like, and we're reading studies, what's your hang-up with this Jesus thing? You know, the biggest things that, that they wrestle with inside of that is things like this, hard seasons of pain and suffering. Like when they ask in these polls, thousands of people, listen, what's, why do people doubt Christianity? That's the big one. When things get hard, where's God in all that? Secondly, they ask the question, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Don't answer that yet. Think about it for yourself. What would you ask God? And you can't ask him for the lottery numbers next week. But if you do, tithe. Anyway, so you, you, you get to ask God one question. Here is the most common questions they ask. Why is there so much pain and why is life so hard? Isn't that an honest question? Like, God, if you're good, why is all this happening? And that's why we're wrestling down this question. Does Jesus, does following Jesus make my life easier? That's the big question we're going to wrestle down today. And I don't think I need to make this question relevant because if you, for most of us, just look at your Monday calendar, life ain't easy. And you're going, Jesus, are you supposed to make my life easier? And we're going to be sitting inside of a conversation in John 16 today. And if you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you, grab those Take them out right now. You can keep your finger in John 16 all day long because this is going to be the thread of the teaching. And this conversation, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And it's one of the final conversations Jesus has before he goes to the cross and dies. And so the closer you get to the end of your life, the more valuable your words become, right? Have you noticed that? Like when you're, when you're walking through a season where maybe as your grandfather is about to pass away, his words become more direct and specific and weighty. And so this conversation has all of that because we know what's about to happen next. The disciples, as they often are, are clueless. But Jesus is having a conversation that is much like the question we're asking about, should life be easy if I'm a follower of Jesus? Should it be hard if I'm a follower of Jesus? What do we do with all this? And Jesus starts a conversation that I would call, like, hey, disciples, it's time to grow up. I'm about to go. You don't know this yet, but it's about time for us to grow up. And this is how Jesus begins the conversation. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, there should be Bibles under the seat in front of you and the seat behind you, underneath your seat. Grab one. Feel free. John 16. And this is what Jesus says. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray, so that you will not fall away. He's, he's telling us why he's having this conversation. He's like, listen, I want to warn you. I don't want you to fall away. So listen. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you, that's a bad day, will think they're offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. This starts out heavy, doesn't it? Hey, disciples, this is not going to be an easy path. 
and he's warning them off the top from the jump. Listen, guys, it ain't going to be easy. Like Jesus is sort of spoiling the question really fast in the teaching today. Does following Jesus make your life easy? He just answered it. No, it doesn't. Look at the disciples' lives. They were very hard. Look at people who follow Christ. They're all over the map. It doesn't make life easy, but here's, this is what's cool. In Jesus' kindness, he doesn't protect them from the hard season that's coming, but he is preparing them for it. Like this conversation, he even says it. I'm telling you this so that when the hard time comes, you don't fall away. You don't deconstruct. You don't run from the only person who can help you in a hard season. Like that's what he's doing. He's preparing you for it. And if you expect an easy life to be the result of following Jesus, you are one hard season away from walking away. And I'm, I'm teaching this because I love you. And God loves you. And I, I want the best for you. And it would be very cruel to not let you in on this conversation. Because you have to be prepared for the hard seasons that will come in life. And so here's, here's what we're doing today. We're going to answer two questions. I want to make this practical and helpful to what you're actually dealing with in everyday life. Because we all have hard seasons. Here they are. We're going to start by this. Why do hard season, seasons happen? I want to explain why we often hit hard seasons. And then secondly, I want to talk about how can God help us in hard seasons? That's it. But I pray for some of you, this will be an unlocking conversation. For some of you, you have expectations of God. You don't even realize you have. And you're one hard season away from walking away from him. Others of you carry so much guilt and blame for the hard seasons you're in. And maybe God brought you here to just give you some grace and go, I believe this could change your life today. So I want to start here. Why do hard seasons happen? That's the first question I want to just sit inside of. And it's critical to answer why. Because if you don't know why you're in something, you will attribute the blame in the wrong places. You ever seen the game when I was in college? We'd try to get behind someone and slap them in the back of the neck and make it look like the person next to them did it. You ever played this game? You slap him, and he turns around and slaps the guy who's completely innocent, going, What's go why did you do that? Will you hit me? No, I that's what I want to protect us from. <laughs> like, when you hit hard seasons, you have to understand why. And this list is not comprehensive, but this list covers 90% of why we might find ourselves in hard seasons, all right? So here's the first reason. Three primary reasons for why you might be in a hard season. First is this. We live in a broken world. Like, let me just start with the biggest reason. We live in a broken world. And this of the three reasons, this is the innocent reason why you might be in a hard season. And you need to hear this. This is not how God designed things to be. He didn't want you to have to go through hard seasons or pain or suffering. That wasn't his design. Then in Genesis 3, sin enters the world. And when sin entered the world, so did the inevitability of hard seasons. And there are hard seasons you go through that are not your fault. Listen, you have to understand this. If you're wired like me, I own things too easily, too quickly. I blame myself and I look around for why in the world am I going through this? Listen, if you were born with some sort of life-altering medical condition, that's not on you. You didn't do something to get it. Listen, someone st stole your social security number, took the money out of your bank. That's not your fault. You didn't do something. Now, maybe you should get LifeLock. But anyway, like that's, that's not necessarily on... I don't, I'm not sponsored by LifeLock. That's not on, 
on you. Like your company has a financial hardship and they lay off people and you happen to be in the group. Sometimes you don't have to look around for the reason. You just need to look around and realize this was not God's design. The main, one of the main reasons why hard seasons come is because we live in a broken world. Jesus came to restore and fix the broken world ultimately, but we are stuck in it between now and eternity. And you need to understand this. Otherwise, you will attribute every hard season, listen, either to your own failings or God's lack of love or care for you. Both are very dangerous. And maybe today, for hundreds of you, this might be what God needs to whisper to you. Not every hard season is your fault. Some of you have been stuck with the shame or guilt or pain for something that happened to you, and you assumed it was a result of something you did. You lost a baby. You got a disease. There's a trauma from your childhood. And listen, that might be the biggest reason and the biggest thing keeping you from a deep, rich, intimate relationship with God. Because you are carrying that around. And maybe this is the most important thing you'll hear all day. If you're in this camp, it's not on you all the time. Sometimes it's a result of a broken world. It's the first reason. Second reason, why do hard seasons happen? And this one's harder to hear, but it's true. And I can't leave it out because God talks about it. The second reason is God's trying to grow us up. Listen to me, if you want to gain strength, resistance is required. You can fake bench press all day long and you won't gain muscle. Why? Because you need resistance. And there are things you can only learn and grow in in a hard season. And God will choose to use hard seasons to grow you up. And it can sound cruel and unusual outside of the context of the character of God. The name that Jesus calls God most frequently is Heavenly Father. And the role of a parent, listen to me, the role of a parent is not to coddle your kids, it's to grow them up, right? And so what God does as our Heavenly Father is his job is to grow us up. He doesn't want to hurt you, he wants to grow you up. And it's the same responsibility I have with my kids. It is my job, listen, it's not my job to make my kids' lives easy, it's my job to grow them up. It's not my job to protect them from hard things. It's my job to allow them to experience hard seasons at an intensity that they can survive while they gain muscle and maturity and intellect and strength. That's my job. The most cruel thing I can do for my kids is protect them from hard seasons because they'll eventually be 20 and I can't protect them from hard seasons. And when the first hard seasons hits, they won't have the muscle to get through it. And what God does oftentimes is use hard seasons to grow us up, make us more mature, make us stronger. I can remember when Lincoln was a toddler, my youngest son, Lincoln, we were teaching him to tie his shoes. I'm curious, across the campus, any parents in the teaching your kids how to tie their shoes phase? Okay, handful of you. It's the worst. Like, I learned how to tie one way. They do the rabbit ear thing now. Have you noticed this? And they, I don't even get it. It was every time we were trying to leave the house, we'd be like, Lincoln, get your shoes on. And we knew, like, we, we removed his Velcro shoes because we're letting him do a little bit of hard things. By the way, as an adult, I would take Velcro right now all day. It's awesome. But he has to learn how to tie his shoes. And he would, he would get to the point of frustration where he'd just start crying, Dad, will you just tie my shoes for me? Ever feel like that with God? Would you just resolve this hardness? My heart wanted to resolve it in the moment. 
But my soul knew if he doesn't figure this out, if he doesn't fight through this hard season, he'll be on his first date with a girl and be like, hey, girl, what's up? Quick question. Will you tie my shoe for me? And she'll be like, this is not what I expected on a first date. Like, I love my son too much to put him in that position. Listen, God loves you too much to put you in that position. Our Heavenly Father uses hard seasons to produce something. And listen, if you're still in John 16, Jesus gives us this metaphor that's beautiful inside of this conversation with his disciples. Here's what he says in verse 21. A woman giving birth to a child has pain. Ladies, can I get an amen? Come on now. Because, can I get a, just, just a prayer of gratitude for epidurals? Anybody? Just tell him thank you. Won't he do it? Thank you, Lord. Anyway, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Listen to me. Our culture says that all pain equals punishment. If you're experiencing pain, it's because you're being punished. What Jesus is saying is, no, sometimes you're experiencing pain because he wants to produce something in you. And childbirth starts with pain, but it produces a baby. Unfortunately, there's no way to get from this to baby without the pain in the middle. And the same is true for us. The other side of pain, oftentimes God uses to produce something in us. You will go through hard times. But he's trying to produce something. Here's what Jesus' brother James says. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials, my words, hard seasons of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's, that's what he wants to do in you. Rick Warren does a great job of, of explaining the heart of God in just a few sentences. He says, listen, God is more interested in your character than your comfort. He's more interested in your holiness than your happiness. God wants to use your problems to make you more like Jesus, and he wants to use your pain to teach you to trust him. God's agenda is not that our life will be easy. His agenda is he makes you more like him. And there are things you cannot learn in easy seasons. For some of you, the Spirit of God might just need to whisper, listen, all pain is not punishment. Sometimes it's just purposeful parenting. Like my five-year-old couldn't understand why I would let him sit there and struggle and tying his shoes. But now, thank God, he can tie his own shoes, praise the Lord. He wouldn't have got there if I let him through the easy of this world. And listen, God's saying, I want to grow you up. Some seasons are for your good and for your growth. Here's the third reason. Third reason why hard seasons hit our life. And this one's the most look in the mirror of all of them. Our decisions create hard season consequences. This is the most countercultural thing we're going to talk about today. You have freedom to make decisions. You don't have freedom to decide the consequences. And sometimes the hard season you're in is because you made a decision that has a hard consequence. Let me tell you a story. Ten days ago, my wife comes home and she hands me a rectangular yellow piece of paper. Anyone guess what that is? That's a speeding ticket. She was running downtown, this little area, small town downtown. It's 35 miles an hour. She was going like 50 miles an hour and She's like, babe, I'm so sorry. I got a ticket. 
grace of God, I was super kind. I was like, babe, it happens to all of us. I get it. I've not had a speeding ticket for eight years, but listen, I get it. <laughs> then last Sunday night, I was going to pick my daughter up from M12. <laughs> Why are you assuming that about me? Picked her up from church. We were in this really cool conversation about what she learned that night, what God's doing, and suddenly I hear whoop, whoop, and I'm like, oh, no, it's so bad. Pull over. By the way, I was on the same road that she was on when she got her ticket. Um, I'm, just, I'm just two miles an hour better than her at 52 instead of 50, so he pulls me over, and this is me in the car, hoping to God he goes to 12 stone. I'm like, hello, officer. Anyone? See the name on the license? Oh, sorry, that was my business card. One second, let me put that back. I didn't do that, actually. I was like, please, God, let him recognize me. Uh, all he said was license and registration, and I knew, like, I'm getting a ticket. And so I st sit there, and I don't know what he's checking, but he checked for a long time, and he comes back and hands me the ticket, and I sign it. Can I just be honest with you? I didn't say it out loud because I'm a better parent, but let me tell you the, the thoughts in my head. I started here. God... I was just picking my daughter up from church. Where are you at right now, dude? Like, I'm doing the right thing. And then I shifted to this. I'm just be honest. Like, don't those officers have something better to do? Like, have they watched the news? Banks are being robbed as we speak. Go get a criminal. I'm going 52 and a 35. It was just a slap on the wrist. Come on. I was shocked at how quickly I started shifting the blame. Answer me this, who was speeding? Me. And I start shifting the blame. It's got to be someone else's fault because I'm about to step into a hard season with my insurance company that I ain't going to like. And that's going to be a three to five year season that I see every month as I pay insurance. And I'm out there going, it's got to be his fault. He didn't have to pull me. He could have let me off with a warrant. And then in God's kindness, I looked at the ticket. You know what said across the top? My name. Listen to me. Some of the hard seasons you and I sit in have our name right across the top of them. And we love to look for someone else to blame because it relieves the pressure that it could be our fault. But the problem is when you look to blame a villain out there, you never look in here and go, how do I adjust? How do I grow up? See, sometimes... You have to admit, this season's got my name across the top of it. That one's on me. That was on my right foot, going a little too hard. Try to blame God. I can try to blame a cop. And the reality is on me. Listen to me. Students, you want to be in the top 10% of sharpest people in this country? Own your stuff. Hey. My bad. And immediately you're the top of the class because this doesn't happen because it's hard. I hate admitting that it's my fault that I put myself in a hard season because it makes a hard season feel worse, but it also helps you grow up so you don't find yourself there again. When I drive home through that small town every day this week, what did I do? Cruise control, 37 miles an hour. I can't go 35, but it's small enough where he won't get me again. I changed because the pain of understanding and owning, it was on me, changed me. In fact, I love how simple sometimes the Bible says stuff. Proverbs 20 says this. A farmer too lazy to plant in the spring has nothing to harvest in the fall. Isn't that good? 
Like, you made a decision. You were too lazy to plant in the spring. Cool. Knock yourself out. But you got no food in the fall. Sometimes you just made a decision that has a consequence. And when you look to God, you say, God, how could you? And God's going, dude, I didn't do nothing, bro. I gave you a cruise control on your car because I love you. You didn't use it. That ticket doesn't have my name on it. It's got your name on it. And a lot of times, the, the, the disconnect you have with God is because you don't know how to look in the mirror because it's so hard and say, I got to own that one. You see, here's the problem. Hard seasons almost always follow indulgent seasons. If you indulge financially, listen, you can have a blasty blast because what's coming next is a hard season financially. Listen, if you indulge in your health, bro, Thanksgiving is just on top rope down to some food. It's great. Indulge. But what's coming on the new year? I got to lose 20 pounds. It's a hard season in your health. Like you can indulge, but just know after you indulge, almost always a hard season follows it up. And we think, man, I should be able to live indulgently and not face the consequences of a hard season. It doesn't work that way. Listen, Jesus forgave and removes the consequences for your sinful decisions in eternity. But he does not remove the consequences of your stupid decisions here. Just like a good parent, my son does something dumb, he faces the consequences. That's how I help him grow up. See, for some of you, the Spirit of God might need to whisper. And by the way, it will have to be the Spirit of God. Because if you're in this third lane and you can't recognize it, it will require the Spirit of God putting a spotlight on it. Oftentimes, the place you're sitting today in a hard season is so hurtful, so painful, you cannot bear to pull the layer back and take the lid off that hard season and look at it and go, it's on me. It's so hard. I get that. But Maybe the Spirit of God today would take you on a journey of you being able to say, God, I admit it. Gosh, that one's on me. What I'm experiencing in my marriage today is because I made that decision back there. But here's the beauty. When you admit that to him, he gets to start helping you with it, which is the second question. How can God help us in hard seasons? Because listen, I'm not talking to you like Tony Robbins. Like I'm not trying to get you pumped up and give you a self-help. We're talking about almighty God today. You ain't, you ain't doing this by yourself. God has a role in these seasons. And I love the fact that in this conversation Jesus is having in John 16 with his disciples, the same conversation he says, life is going to be hard. He also introduces us to the Holy Spirit. I want you to see this. Here's what Jesus says. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. A couple verses down. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus is saying this. Listen, you need to understand life's going to be hard. But the Holy Spirit's coming. And here's, here's how I'd probably say it simply. Jesus didn't promise us the presence of easy. He promised us the presence of God. Sit on that for a second. He didn't say your life would be easy. He just said, when you go through a hard season, you won't go through it alone. David says it in Psalm 23. You've read this a hundred times, but see it through this filter. He says this in Psalm 23. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm in a hard season, I won't fear because you are with me. You're going to go through hard, but you don't have to go through hard alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. God in you, and he, he brings wisdom and comfort and strength to endure and guidance and truth. And Jesus is saying, listen, you don't have to go through hard seasons alone. I don't care why you're in one right now. Just know you don't have to go through it alone. And this is what God wants to do to help us. I want to give you two words. I want you to repeat them with me. And they rhyme on purpose because I don't want you to forget them. Here they are. Restrain and remain. I want you to say these with me. We're going to say them until I feel like you got them and you're passionate. Restrain and remain. Here we go. Restrain and remain. One more time. Restrain and remain. Your prayer in an easy season is restrain. Your prayer in a hard season is remain. And I want to, I want to unpack this. Here's your prayer. In a hard season or in an easy season, you say this. God, give me the wisdom to restrain from indulgence. This is where it gets practical and spiritual and it comes together. This is how you get a faith that's not just a Sunday morning faith. God doesn't stay here and wait. He doesn't have an apartment upstairs and wait for you to come back to this building or your campus. That's not what God's doing. He is with you and you can ask him to help you. And he wants to help you no matter what season you're in. So if you're in an easy season, your temptation is to indulge yourself. And I'm talking to you. If you're in an easy season in your marriage, your temptation is to indulge. When you should be investing. When like finances sort of work for you, your temptation is to indulge and just live it up where you should be smart and investing. And the spirit of God wants to say, listen, I want to help you with this, which is why this is a prayer, not a to-do list. You cannot do this on your own. It is humanly nearly impossible to have the wisdom and foresight in an easy season. So you know what? It's not always going to be like this. I shouldn't indulge myself in an easy season. Because what did I say? When you indulge yourself, what comes next? A hard season. And the Spirit of God wants to help you figure out how do you live disciplined and investing in an easy season. Like you get this in your health, hopefully. Like you don't just work out and eat healthy when you're sick. You do those things when you're healthy so you get sick less. Right? Hopefully, you, you don't just do date night and connect with your spouse when your marriage is going through a hard season. Hopefully, you do it in every season, the easy season, so you have less hard seasons in your, your marriage. In your parenting with your kids, man, when they're young, it feels hard, and it's hard in the sense of diapers and lack of sleep, but it's easy in the sense of they've not hit the hard times of life yet. You can invest when they're young and help save them from hard seasons they don't need to go through. I'm preparing my kids right now for hard seasons they don't even see yet. In fact, here's what Proverbs says. I love Proverbs in this sense. It says this, discipline your children while you still have the chance. Indulging them destroys them. You can just give your kids everything they want, or you can make them work for it. They want to indulge. Great. What's coming on the back end? They're about to hit a hard season. A friend of mine sat with a 60-something and he finally was able to get honest with his finances. And he said, I wish I'd have invested in my 30s and 40s and 50s because I'm in a financially hard season in my 60s. You know what he's saying? I indulged in those seasons instead of investing. And now I'm sitting in a hard season I don't know how to recover from. 
Church, the Spirit of God wants to give you the wisdom to prepare for a hard season you don't even see coming yet. You want to know how to have less hard seasons? Don't indulge in easy ones. And there's no other place in our culture that I'm aware of that will have this conversation with you. Because every commercial you see is trying to get you to indulge. Buy my product. And I get it. By the way, if you're in marketing, you guys are doing a heck of a job right now. If y'all are involved in Amazon, goodness, you guys rope me in, man. Everyone wants to sell you something. God wants to help you with wisdom. And our culture says, just indulge when it's easy. I'm telling you, if you do that, you will regret it because a hard season is coming. I want to show you how this plays out. It's a beautiful story, and it's a heartbreaking story. I want to talk to you about Daniel and Jenna Perry. Jenna is on staff at our Jackson County campus. I'll show you a picture of them. Here's her family. Does anyone else look at this and go, is that the picture you get in the frame before you put your ugly family's picture in the frame? Anyone? Anyway, that's real people. That's Jenna and Daniel and their two kids. And two months ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Immediate hard season. She's healthy. She makes the right decisions. She's young. She shouldn't be here. And suddenly, she finds out she has breast cancer. Everything else in your life stops, right? And Amber and I had lunch with... Daniel and Jenna, about a week before her surgery. And we just, man, talk to us. How you doing with this? How you processing this? And we had lots of conversations. But this is the one that stood out. He said, Jason, we have been overwhelmed with people. Like, dude, we got people. I got meal trains set up. We're going to be throwing away food every day. Like, we have six weeks of meal trains after this surgery. I got so much food I don't know what to do with it. I got people from small groups we led five years ago showing up in my house and just parking in the driveway and praying for me. I had 100 people gather in her neighborhood the night before the surgery to pray over her life. People were figuring out how to pick up kids from school and calling Daniel like, hey, dude, you need me to get the kids today? And he's like, what is going on? Here's what he said. I'm going to put it in my filter of this teaching, but here's what he said. I'm so glad that we invested in relationships for those decades because they are paying off right now. I don't know how we would do this hard season alone. See, the problem is when you hit a hard season, it's too late to invest. Listen, if you're 80 and you're broke, there's no amount of money you're going to throw in your 401k to fix that. See, they were in small groups during the easy seasons. They were investing in relationships during the easy seasons. So when a hard season came, they had something to lean on. And you... You will never have that kind of wisdom on your own, which is why this is a prayer. God, give me the wisdom to restrain myself from indulging when things are kind of going okay. And the second prayer, this is the hard season prayer. God, give me the strength to remain in the fight. And when you're going through a hard season, let's just be gut level honest. Everything in you wants to quit. If you're on mile 24 of a marathon in your marriage, you just want to quit, man. You're exhausted. You're discouraged. Which is why this is a prayer. Because you're not going to have the strength you need to get through every hard season you face. See, when we hit hard seasons, our prayer is often like, God, would you make hard things easy? And I get that. And you, here's the cool thing. 
Pray, ask him. Maybe he will. But usually, what God does is not make hard things easy. What God does is he makes impossible things possible. You know what's impossible? To stay married for 50 years. I got a great wife. She's got an okay husband. 50 years is impossible. God, would you give me strength to remain in the fight of my marriage? You know what's impossible? To go 50 years and be able to look yourself in the mirror and go, I respect the man or woman I see in the mirror. Because you're messed up like I am. You know what's impossible? To stay 18 years, then the rest of your kids' lives, intentionally parenting and not just going lazy and going through the motions. It's dang near impossible. God, would you give me the strength to remain in the fight of parenting? It was dang near impossible to face a disease that you didn't deserve and you didn't earn and you're sitting in a hospital bed right now maybe. It's dang near impossible to have hope in that space. And you know what God says? Listen, I want to do the impossible I want to make impossible things possible. And everything worth pursuing in life will hit a hard season. School, work, marriage, relationships, character, emotions, mental health, building a business. Everything will. What God says is he wants to meet you in the hard seasons. And if you'll ask him, God, would you give me the strength to not quit when things get hard? Why church is so important, because what we do here is we encourage each other to not bail, not quit when things get hard. When your marriage gets hard, don't quit. When parenting gets hard, don't quit. When being wise in your finances gets hard, don't quit. When purpose and calling and career gets hard, don't quit. When your character fighting to be godly in a, in a culture that's so complicated, students, when you are the only kid in the room that doesn't say that joke, say that word, do that thing, don't quit when it gets hard. Don't quit. Say, God, give me the strength to remain in the fight. And God will do that. Six, seven months ago, I got a phone call. From a close friend of mine. I'm not going to tell you the names because this story is as fresh as Friday. Six, seven months ago, they called. And the husband and the couple called and said, dude, I just got blindsided. My marriage is over. I said, what? I've been at the church 15 years. I mean, like, I said, we're done. A couple weeks later, I'm staying in the conversation, praying with him, trying to give counsel. He's like, dude, she filed. I serve with the papers. Like, this is bad days. See, they, they hit a hard season in their marriage. And the lie the evil one wants to tell you is when you hit hard seasons, run and look for another easy season. And that's what they were doing. And if you knew the details of the story, you go, I kind of get it. So for six, seven months, I stayed with them. I prayed with them. I talked to the wife, talked to him, begging God, God, would you open their eyes? Because you know what they discovered? What all of us will discover is when you run from a hard season, you will find yourself in a harder season. See, part of the conversations were, dude, play this out. Yes, your marriage is hard. I know what's harder? Co-parenting in a divorce. Man, it's so tough with the finances and trying to figure this out. Yeah, that's hard. You know what's harder? 
chopping your life in half and splitting it up and going, now figure it out. Man, this per- I don't know how to make this. Our communication is just, it doesn't exist. We don't know how to talk to each other. I can't be in the same room. That's hard. You know what's harder? Being in separate houses and trying to communicate. See, when you try to run from a hard season to get relief, you'll almost always find yourself in a harder season. So instead, why don't you ask God, God, give me the strength to remain in this fight because the next fight's going to be worse. God, give me the strength. And on Friday morning, I got the best text I've gotten in a long time. It was a screenshot that if I had shown it to you, you would have no context. It makes no sense. You're like, who cares? But it was from her lawyer's office. And it was the receipt confirmation that they had withdrawn their divorce papers. And they said, we're fighting for this marriage. And I promised the couple I wouldn't give their names if I'm going to. It's Bill and... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to give their names. <laughs> but if I could give you the details, this is not a we're sticking in the marriage for the kids. Man, we got... I'm stuck here. It's going to be harder if I leave, so I'll stay. It's not what this is. This is the God of all creation making impossible things possible. He said things to me like, this is the marriage I wanted for 10 years. She's saying, like, I love him like I hoped I could love him, and I didn't for 10 years. You don't get that. Apart from the power of God, strengthening you to remain in the fight. So Jesus ends his conversation with the disciples with this statement, and this will be how we close, and I hand it to the pastors because we're going to pray over you. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And as we pray over you, the person we are praying to is Jesus. He is our high priest between us and the Father. We are praying to the one who overcame the world. Whether you're in an easy season or a hard season, I pray that you would experience the presence of God even when you don't experience the presence of easy. So pastors, would you pray this over us and into us today? Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.